Welcome, welcome back to Barnes University Radio. We're here with another episode. Um, we're talking about how the Titans moves recently, how that affects this team moving forward, who are the players, what will be their roles. And if you're following this podcast um, series chronologically, we just talked about the free agents that the Titans signed and how they fit, what will be their roles, like I said, and uh, kind of the thinking and and projection moving forward. So, you know, this episode, we're going to be talking about the recent draft picks that, you know, that staff there in Tennessee just drafted. Um, the thinking behind each pick, like literally live, probably what they were thinking. Um, and even some things that the GM actually said that he was thinking. And then we're going to talk about, obviously, how will they help this football team win games? Because that's what it's about. Um, that's what it's about at the end of the day. Um, so without further ado, let's get down to it. Um, the Titans in the first round picked at uh, pick 19. And it was a it was waiting game, but I think the first round moved pretty briskly. And when they're coming upon this pick, I can only imagine that, you know, they're thinking in their mind, the guy that they took, they're thinking, you know, teams are going to try to are either going to try to jump them or he possibly could have been gone. But ultimately, the Titans selected defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State. And what happened there was. For me, it was a situation where they they saw draft picks. Excuse me. They saw a draft pick. They really liked his game. Um, He had a a checkered past prior to college. um, And they did their homework. They got early in the lab, really researching this prospect and really liked his game. And I think what Jeffrey Simmons provides to the Tennessee Titans is a dominant defensive defensive lineman. You know, you almost can't even really call him a defensive tackle just solely in a 3-4 front because he has the skill set to play um, the three technique, which is the defensive tackle, you know, let's say the left side of the defensive line um, where Daquan Jones plays, the ability to pierce between the guard and the tackle, that ability to do that on a consistent basis to rush the passer, uh, to stop the run, um, to get tackles for loss, to disrupt plays. And then he can play Jarrell Casey's defensive end position that is predominantly a three-tech or a one-tech, depending on the scheme and, and, and switches and stuff like that. But And then you can he can play nose tackle. And doing the same thing, just a penetrating force that, that has a motor that never stops, strong lower body, strong upper body, um, great kid. Um, the only thing is it's, a, it's an investment. It's like buying real estate. You know, you you buy it now, but you won't see the benefits of it until later. And I think that's what Jeffrey Simmons is. You know, I even made a, a a humorous reference saying that you know this is the Simmons manner, Simmons estate. That's what the Titans did. They bought stock, they bought land with Jeffrey Simmons, but they won't see that um, the benefit of that selection until maybe November, maybe December, or maybe even 2020 at full strength. You know, regardless, he's going to be at full strength in 2020. So I think that pick was just a a sense of the whole scouting staff watching this guy really um, enjoying what they saw, really thought he could help this football team. And they wanted him to be the pick desperately 
And they really just did their research and, and their due diligence. And I think they did a solid job in terms of doing the research and, and taking a risk because it is a risk. And, you know, um, the ideology doesn't really matter. My ideology is with a first round pick. I kind of want production immediately because, you know, for for job security sake, you know, I don't want to be, you know, not, not having a dom- dominant defensive tackle be one of the reasons why my team didn't excel for the 2019 season. And then, you know, we have a a, a, a piss poor outing and then. You know, it's because I drafted a red shirt defensive tackle. That's my mindset. I want immediate production. But the Titans, obviously, there's a sense of job security there. There's a sense of whatever there to where you can draft a guy and be able to see the fruits of your labor, the fruits of his labor at a later date. So, I mean, I love the pick. Um, (laughs) Maybe I should incorporate those chimes into my my podcast full time, but that's just an app on my phone. But anyway, I love the pick. I think it's a, it's a, it's an A. It's an A. It gets an A from me. I think that's a great signing. I mean, a great draft uh, prospect for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he was very high on my board. He was tied for number one defensive tackle with uh, Quinnen Williams. So you can't go wrong there. And then the second pick, um, I think the thinking behind there was another wait and see game. Um, I think for the Titans, he was a fit. You know. Um, just being a guy that can play outside, inside. And for those that know, we know we're talking about A.J. Brown. Outside, inside guy. Played a lot in the slot in 2018. More on the outside after D.K. Metcalf went out. 2017, he was a lot on the outside. And what you have with A.J. Brown is just a physical southern country bred. And I like that that term because he fits Tennessee culture. And I understand why they went there. Um you know, and, you know, he's just a great run after catch, strong hands, um, smooth route runner, still needs to get a little bit more detailed, um, but a smooth route runner, the projection for him is, you know, I think that he's, he's, he's a, you know, we talk about prospects being late bloomers. I think he's going to hit the ground running. You know, I honestly believe that A.J. Brown's going to hit the ground running. I think in the first two to four years of his career is going to be the most where he's gonna, you're, where you're gonna see the most production and the most insane um, things happen in terms of him making plays at opportune times and, and just being a surprise to most people. So I really like to pick. Um, there were obviously other receivers there that you know I think J. Rob even talked about. Um, you know J.J. Arcega Whiteside. He really liked Debo Samuel. Um, so you know. And ultimately picked A.J. Brown. Obviously, Debo Samuel was already gone, but ultimately came down to um, A.J. Brown simply because of his versatility. And and for me, I like the pick. You know, it really would be a coin toss between getting a guy like A.J. Brown or getting a guy like Arcega Whiteside. It's literally a coin toss. They're very identical. Four four nine. I think they ran the same 40s. Um, have the same box out skills. I think Arcega Whiteside is a little bit better in terms of boxing out and positioning and actually coming down with the ball. Uh, having a basketball background might help, but I think AJ Brown, there's another time. That's the Barnes University time. Now, nah, but like I said, it's a great pick for the Tennessee Titans. Like I said, um, he's going to fit anywhere on that, on that uh, wide receiver front. He can play in the slot. Like I said, he can play outside, run after catch ability. 
You can even motion him in the backfield, give him some Cordero Patterson type of plays in the running back position. I doubt the Titans will do that being their second round gym, basically their first round pick this year. Um, so I just think that is a good, good pick. Um, so great pick. So we're two for two right now for the Tennessee Titans third round selection um, for them. For what I know, for what I for what I've been hearing is they they kind of earmarked this guy for a while, um, watching tape, seeing his senior bowl, and we're talking about guard Nate Davis out of Charlotte, um, just a just a guy that a lot of people throw around this developmental um, needs to work on technique thing with him, and I mean, and I, I can understand that from his stance, he has a very low stance to the point to where his towel that he wears to wipe sweat, to do whatever is dragging. I understand that part of technique, but in terms of a, a pass blocking guard, his technique is very refined um, as a pass blocker, um, as a run blocker, um, positioning play strength is to be desired for me. Um, but it was one of the players, obviously that the Titans earmarked and really liked. I like, I like him. I think he certainly is a player that, that could come in later in the season to start, you know, due to injury or because or because his development had, had got there, you know, because he's, he finally hit that mountaintop. I think he's great at pass, blo- pass blocking, but it's a different story at the NFL. Uh, he's a learning run blocker, and he has to get that uh, more, uh, I guess, punch, leverage. His first step needs to be powerful. Um, at the next level. So I really like I really like the mindset behind the pick. There were some other players that I would have went with. Um, I like Dieter, you know, Michael Dieter. This isn't really I try to not to make it more so about what I thought, but I really like Michael Dieter. If you wanted a guard, I would have probably tried to leapfrog somebody to get him or, you know, you know, other players like Ross Pierce I think was, you know, just as good in some areas. So but I, I understand the thinking, and I think that at the end of the day, he's a solid pickup either way. You know, whether it was a if you got him in a late round, either way, the projection is the same. So I understand the pick. So Nate Davis, um, good luck to him. I think that it'll be a, a solid pickup for the Titans. Like I said, don't expect him to start immediately. It's going to be more a, a down the line type of uh, projection there for him. Um, in the fourth round. Uh, the Tennessee Titans selected safety Amani Hooker, who, um, you know, like, like I said, I didn't try to make it, but I went live before every Titans pick, just kind of, just kind of getting practice in the whole drafting thing. I, like I said, I I watched for over 400 prospects, built my own board, and he was a guy that was sitting there as well. And and when you build a board. You know, and this is just so the fans can kind of know how it works. And, you know, even with J-Rob, I'll just act like it was J-Rob. When you're looking at a board and, you know, guys start coming off the board, you you start kind of marking them off where they went, blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes guys just stand out, you know, like sore thumbs because they're moving up the board as other guys are being selected. He was one of those players at the safety position that was still there for me. Um, and uh, other skill positions like running back for me, for whatever reason, running back kept on pushing up in the fourth round. That's a sweet spot for me in this draft for running backs, third to fourth round. That's where it started to kind of drop off. And for me, I went Travion Williams, Texas A&M, just, just a contingency plan. Another, another running back that can provide, um, some type of skill set out of the backfield catching 
and a tough in-between runner and with some speed and with great leadership qualities. Titans with, with Amani Hooker, which, like I said, much like with the A.J. Brown and Arcega Whiteside is a coin flip in terms of how your board stacked. And I think what Amani Hooker provides is production on special teams immediately, production in the slot and at the strong safety position and as a dime backer. And what do I mean by the dime backer? People that don't know and more defensive back heavy uh, uh, sub packages or groupings, you Amani Hooker can be as a linebacker. Just like a, you know, Wesley Woodbury. There goes the chimes. You know, but like I said, he can be in that middle of the field, linebacker role. He excels at play diagnostics. Um, what I question is his ball tracking ability and his hips at times. He's not a very long player, like in terms of length, long arms, long legs, and is super quick twitch, but he's extremely smart. And I like him as a reserve player that can contribute in those sub packages. So that's where you should see Amani Hooker um, excel on special teams and in those sub packaging, using his guile, his wit, his cunning to make plays on the football. Um, fifth round, uh, the Tennessee Titans went ahead and took DeAndre Walker, um, a guy that I had, you know, that I was very high on my board. He was my number two edge outside linebacker prospect. And the reason being was because DeAndre Walker can do pretty much everything. He checks the list. He might not be, you know, elite at one or two things, but he can do everything. He provides special teams um, value. He can be your defensive end in a third down pass rush situation. He can be your outside linebacker on downs one through two. Um. And what's underrated about DeAndre Walker is his coverage ability. He actually isn't bad whatsoever, <laughs> you know, half bad at, you know, covering tight ends, jamming a slot receiver and just running underneath him and being able to break up a pass. Pass. He possesses great lateral ability, lateral movement. He has a strong arm and strong hands in terms of, you know, pinning back offensive linemen, setting the edge. He sets the edge fantastically I just think he's an all-around prospect that he doesn't get enough credit for he checks the list of so many things now there's certain prospects like a guy that I liked a lot Brian Burns who his pass rushing grade is a plus his run his run against the run is probably like a b minus but coverage ability that has yet to be seen but I've seen DeAndre Walker cover somebody and actually hang with them and break up a pass so I think that DeAndre Walker will probably be a pleasant surprise if healthy. He was coming off a groin injury, and that is what I call me and John Robinson's draft baby because we both ended up drafting him in some degree, obviously mine being more in a practice mode and his being real or, or, or more um, influential, you know, actually having the job title. But I think DeAndre Walker is a great pick and a, and, and a steal, and, and, you know, for, for me in the fifth round. You know, a guy like that and taking him – in the fifth round, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, he doesn't have the length or the prototypical 6'5", 260 size that you think of an edge or an outside linebacker, but he makes up for it with his strength, like a natural ability to be strong, a natural ability to be versatile and to get after it. Um, in the sixth round, um, the Tennessee Titans selected David Long, which is an inside linebacker, a bit undersized, a tad bit a tad bit smaller than even Jayon Brown, 
But when I watched him at the Senior Bowl and, and just did my study of him at West Virginia, um, all, you saw a guy that when he's clean, which I mean, what, what do I mean by being clean? Is when there's an offensive lineman, when an offensive lineman doesn't engage him, he's a pretty devastating and disruptive defender in terms of blitz ability, in terms of tackling ability, in terms of uh, when he arrives, he arrives angry. It's not just a normal form tackle. He's out there hitting people. Um, so I think for for he much like with Amani Hooker, he provides immediate special teams value. Just like with Walker, these last three picks, they provide special teams value in the coverage units and ability to be a sub package blitzer. Um, he's going to be a reserve inside linebacker, and he's going to be on special teams, and he's going to make some plays tackling. You know, he he's an undersized, but he isn't the player Jayon Brown is, and especially with the coverage ability. But I think that is if you're trying to if you have a mindset in terms of trying to get the special teams right, he's a guy that that pick makes sense. You know, is he a world beater? Some plays he may be, but overall, just a, a depth signing for special teams. So, you know, I think it's well documented and you guys will see some of the players that when I went live before every Titans pick, you know, obviously we saw out of eye with DeAndre Walker. My last pick would have been. Uh, you know, uh, more so on the return side of special teams. Um, my fifth round pick would have been the time another guard, Dennis Daly. Um, you know, I've already mentioned Travion and Arcega Whiteside. First round would have went more so Jerry Tillery just to get that immediate production at the defensive tackle position. Um, and then, you know, finally, like I said, that six round pick would have got some special teams value from a return guy like a Deontay Harris or uh, I even thought Michael Dogbay um, from Temple would be a, a good another signing. But Brent Urban kind of substitutes that. That is another guy that I forgot to mention on the free agent side. Brent Urban is a guy that is going to be great versus the run. That's his game. Three tech, five technique. Three tech is between the guard and the tackle. Five tech is more on the outside uh, leg of the uh, uh, offensive tackle. Um, yeah, because between the center and the guard is one tech. Between the guard and the tackle is the three tech, for those that don't know. So he's going to be able to man that, be able to provide uh, st- sturdy defense versus the run. You know, he's the guy that does the dirty work. Brent Urban is coming from the Ravens, so he has some chemistry with De- Dean Pease already established. Uh, but like I said, Cavante Turbin would have been my sixth round pick, a guy that, you know, has yet to found, find a uh, home on the NFL squad, undrafted free agent or tryout. But he certainly deserves it. One of the fastest prospects in, in the draft. He ha- He's made his mistakes just like everybody in life does. Hopefully he gets a chance. And, you know, th- these. so this is just my breakdown of how the, these players fit so that the fans can get an idea. You know, so I did it for the fans that um, (laughs) wanted more of how these prospects fit and less about, you know, uh, how I would do things, you know, and that's just the entrepreneur spirit in me. But I'm providing value to you guys there. So hopefully that helps you and how they they kind of fit and you kind of get a picture painted. Um, So thanks for tuning in. If you like it, share it. but in the meantime, before next episode will probably be a bit of a, a, a different route, a different surprise uh, talking about basketball. So 
I'm going to try my hand in that a little bit. So thanks for tuning in. Barnes University Radio. God bless.